is the Missional Adventure Podcast, telling inspirational stories of Baptists embracing adventure in the mission of God. This is the 19th episode of the Missional Adventure Podcast. We catch up with Reverend Ben Lucas a year on from our first interview with him for this project. Please see story number two from our website. Ben shares how things have been developing in Charlton Down, Dorset, including his own thoughts and reflections on missional listening, as well as news that a worshipping community has started to form. You can get future episodes as soon as they are released every two weeks by searching for Missional Adventure in your favourite podcast provider on your smartphone or tablet. Welcome to this episode of the Missional Adventures podcast. I'm Susie and with me today is Ben Lucas. Hi Ben. Hello. Hello. Hi. It's great to be chatting with you today. We're going to be hearing more about the journey you're on as a missional listener in Dorset but I think it's important to note that this is very much an update chat with Ben today. I had the pleasure of interviewing Ben almost a year ago now in early 2020 and his story was one of the first we shared in the Missional Adventures project. So for those of you who would like to see that story it can be found in the Missional Adventures project as story number two. So today is very much an update over quite a year. It's uh, now February 2021 and when we last chatted, Ben, we had no idea, I realised, what was, what was coming in terms of the coronavirus pandemic. Very <laughs> true. true. But before we get into that, maybe it would be great first just to recap a little bit, especially for those who don't know you. I mentioned you live in Dorset with your wife, Ez, and your four wonderful children. But you live in quite a unique village of Charlton Down uh, near Dorchester. Yeah, that's your nearest nearest town. So I wondered if you could just describe what what makes it so unique, what why it's so different there. Yep. So we feel called to rural Dorset, but that sees us living in this village called Chelton Down that was known 15 years ago as Harriston Hospital. In the Victorian times, there was a, a mental health hospital begun here in three massive hospitals. In some ways, it was a really good place for those who had light mental health problems because the whole village was just a site to play. There was ballrooms to dance in, bowls greens to play bowls in, football pitches, farms to work on. But for those more serious mental health, it was the place where they were strapped in padded rooms and cells. And this went on for sort of hundreds, uh, hundred odd years. And in the mid nineties, it closed as a mental health hospital. And eventually all the hospital got turned into flats and then the rest of the village got turned into new housing. So now it's like a sort of housing estate in the middle of the countryside. It's both beautiful and it's a great place to live. It is lovely and it is a lovely part of the world that that you're in but like you say quite quite as well very unique um village in the sense of its history and and for some of the amenities that it it's had as well or not had so you mentioned I don't know shop wise and school wise what what is kind yes, of there's no school there's no church the old Anglican church of the hospital is now flats and uh, the old chapel is now a gym 
there's no there's been no christian presence in in the village for years now a couple of churches tried to plant into the village thinking it would be a good idea to, they, they used to come in the ballroom and see this magnificent room which it is it's it's just stunning and they used to sort of imagine it filled with people listening to sermons and singing lots of songs and so there, there was a couple of attempts to church plant but they both went really badly and uh, so when we started christianity was barred from the village as well as church so the only the only shared space we have is we have the ballroom at a hall which is mainly used but was only used for people outside of the village once upon a time we have an orchard uh, we have a shop and we have a cricket pitch still which is still stunningly beautiful and we have a couple of parks mainly the village is made up of either older retired or younger families because it's probably the most affordable area in Dorset to live so for families to try and buy somewhere this is where you come because it's a little bit cheaper than the rest of Dorset. Wow I think you've painted painted a really good good picture there of, a, of, of what it's like for those who, who perhaps don't know and really interesting what you say about the the kind of Christian presence or, or lack of in the village particularly having a village without the church is is, is very un, unusual any any kind of form so well, of course I didn't realize that of course no village is without a church and when I <laughs> yeah. we came here one of the reasons we came here was because it didn't have a church and we didn't want to step on anybody's toes until we had <laughs> introduced ourselves and uh, when I used to say there's no church there the Anglicans got very upset with me yeah. but of course because of course though there's not a church here it's part of someone's parish it's a parish uh, so, I, I forgot i'm sorry yeah that's a good, yeah, <laughs> good <laughs> rural dorset is anglican pretty much is 98 percent of it's anglican and, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm learning about it but yes i'm in someone's parish yeah i think we should yes apologize there sorry forgiveness <laughs> no, no need to apologize, apologize. <laughs> no, i had to <laughs> uh, no church building in that sense then and regular worshipping community shall we shall we say then no, no, nobody gathering together in the village yeah we go that's that's i think we're safe but we're safe there with that we'll say that. <laughs> so i mean going going this is going recapping a little bit here but but you when you arrived in you it was 2017 you guys moved you've been there is it four yes yeah four years yeah, april so so was that your mindset to come in and start a worshiping community that would uh would gather yeah, i think yes and no uh, uh, certainly the heart was no the heart was we're called to listen to communities find the cry of the community ask what does the gospel imagination look like in this place and then in relationship with the village begin to restore shalom if you like that was certainly the dream i think inwardly it was to stop this this other person inside me that was desperate just to to get back to my role as a minister and plant a church which i then attracted the village to come to and that was a bit of a meltdown really but over the first year i did transition from that and uh, was able to just concentrate amongst those three questions I just mentioned really which is what's the cry of the community and as we listen and hang out with them dream together what the biblical imagination might be and uh, then to work together to restore shalom and that's what we did after the first year of meltdown that's probably what we we cracked on with and then of course you remember the stories of, of what we heard was a broken village 
uh, a village that anything that began ended in tears where all the, the key things in the village didn't talk to each other. The divorce rate was higher. It was just a bonkers place where everybody fell out of each other. And, and then as we listened to that and built relationships, we then got the invitations to join in with stuff. And last time we spoke about airs being given, the toddler group in the village that went from three families arguing to uh, 90 to 100 people every week. I, I got put on the hall committee and now chair it, the, the main cause of division in the village. And I um, was also on the parish council and the cricket club, the three main key stakers. And that's been reconciled now and all are working together. But it's all come through invitation. Whereas I think to begin with, if I'm really honest, I probably wanted to do stuff to the village. I wanted to be the, the champion. I wanted to, you know, earn my money. But what we've learned is that we're just all about relationships, praying and waiting for this community to invite us to to join in with what God's already doing. That's that's great. That's awesome that all that you've you've shared there. How has that over the last year developed some of those those relationships, some of those areas of kind of peacemaking as well? It it, it's, it sounds like where there's been so much brokenness and you've you've been invited in to be kind of peacemakers. It, to me it sounds like like that. Has has yeah. that developed? I recognise that it's probably been a, a tough year for some of those things. Yeah, but it's been a good year in many ways for us. I, I think it's the great thing about pioneering, I think, is that hopefully you've got the spirituality to be able to adapt to any situation and continue to be who God's calling you to be. So, you know, we didn't have to try and do a whole load of stuff online, though we do do stuff online. For us, it was just about, okay, how do we continue these relationships? How do we continue to listen? So, you know, so we did that, but in different ways. We made sure in the first lockdown, you know, do you remember the first lockdown when it was all, we were all quite excited about being at home. It was a, it was a novelty it, and a holiday, I think, in some yeah. Some. Second lock, third lockdown, not so much. No. And but we used to make sure it was beautiful weather, and uh, mm. which made such a difference. And yeah. we used to make sure that as a family, we were just having fun in places where people walk by. And so we had loads of socially distanced conversations from picnics, bike riding, walking, football games, and and that was really great. But yeah, the whole village has been transformed the atmosphere. And I don't put that down to us, uh, though I think prayer has really made a difference. But yeah, the whole village feels different. Uh, people used to say when we first moved in, well, you can feel it's a it's dark or it's a thick place, uh, is what I used to call it. But it, you could sense the atmosphere was just not quite right. And now it's lovely. You read the Facebook pages and people celebrate living here. People are proud to live here. It, 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 just the whole rhetoric changes. And I think it's modelling good behaviour. So, you know, by being in charge, I guess, of the main amenities in the village, it's just showing that we're not going to divide over stuff. We're not going to... We're not. We're, we're going to love each other. We're going to. We're going to hold this together. And yeah. So I think it's just demonstrating, and then other people joining in, and it's just changed the atmosphere. It's been incredible. It really has. What God's done just by building relationships and trying to live a Christian life amongst people. That's amazing. That, that's awesome. I praise, praise God for that. Definitely. Pil it's pilgrimage, but we'll come on to that later. But we'll come on to that later, will we? We'll come on to that later. <laughs> on, on the yeah. schedule. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We'll make sure you ask that. <laughs> I'll remember that. Well, I, I was going to ask because you said you said that you know you didn't plan, didn't start with creating a 
an attractional worshipping community but very very much listening and now seeing what's going to be shaped from that you've you've mentioned briefly to me that things are starting to appear yeah well so the first thing that happened churchy wise was um again waiting for the invitation the parish council i can't remember how many years ago it was it was it was a remembrance and it was an even more important remembrance sunday i can't remember was it 100 years like 100 years from the first world war something like that yeah yeah so the parish council bought a memorial bench for that and uh, they asked me to do a a service by the bench so we did I, I, we had a service a laying off reefs on the bench and then we had coffee and cake we had 150 people turn up which was quite remarkable really and so christianity that was barred from the village was then invited by the parish council to do a service and then at the, at the remembrance service they were like oh that's good so can you do christmas I said, yeah, I'll do a Christmas thing. So we did Christmas. And then at Christmas, what are we going to do for Easter then? And suddenly you've got these non-Christians who live in the village. Non-Christians. I don't know if I, you know. But people who don't, wouldn't say they were Christians, asking me to, and helping me organise all these Christian events, which is quite exciting. But more than that, when lockdown began first time around, I had a real moment with God where he said, you're not to rush off and be the saviour. Your job is not to, your job is not to be the one in the village who's doing everything for everyone. Your job is to cheer and encourage everybody else on and wait, because there's going to come a space and a time later on where everybody else is shattered and had enough, and that's when I want you to join in with what I'm doing. So we stopped and we waited, stopped and we waited. I mean, it was about two months in. Uh, the strangest thing happened because at this point I'd given up the idea of ever having a church really but I felt God say that I, I was to plant a church in lockdown and uh, an online presence if you like so gave it a week prayed and fasted over it spoke to some friends who had had it confirmed in other ways so yeah in, in the first week or second week of May last year I put on the Facebook page a Cholton Down Church and offered a link to it from the main website. And by the time the arrow was up, there was sort of a fair few. And now there's about 40 or 50 on there. And um, already in the first week, people were coming on, asking deep questions or asking to be prayed for or, or sharing tragedies. And, and that was a real impact. And then out of that birthed all sorts of stuff. Now I'm thinking about it. I've forgotten half of it, but we, we read a book together as a, as a group. I started doing communion online on a Thursday night. So we had, we had about 14 or 15 at that regularly. On Sunday night, which I'm meant to be doing now, but it's been cancelled this week, we do something called the waiting room, where five or six of us just spend time in prayer, waiting for God's spirit to speak and guide us. And, um, and that's just tremendous. And that's all come out of this sort of, this presence online and then out of that we're, we're now doing and i i'm still surprised i'm doing this because i don't know if i believe of everything alpha does uh, but you know the invitation came someone came to our door to buy a push chair and said and i just had this real sense that as my wife was to just say are you a christian and uh, so this lady knocked on the door and there said are you a christian and uh, she said well she's just starting to explore it and so to cut a very long story short she shared communion with us a few weeks on a thursday night and asked me to do an alpha 
so we set up an alpha we've got another three people on it uh so we've got four all together who are taking the alpha two who are already going to be baptized when we're allowed to do it and that's all come out of this so really exciting and what's really exciting sorry i'm wittering now Susie. No, i'm away no. i'm off keep going, um, going. is one of my one of my massive strong beliefs is that is the church's role to make God believable in a way. It's uh, is uh, Newbigin calls it the hermeneutic of the gospel, that the way we behave together as a community points to God. And so many of our church communities are monocultural. So, uh, many of them are middle class, quite clever, like listening to hymns and listening to sermons. We felt called to do something, we call it glee church, but we, we've got all the oddballs who uh, don't fit anywhere else. And we love the fact that we're trying to, you know, my, my one of the closest people in the community who's doing loads for us is an off-the-wall, charismatic, conservative evangelical, uh, whereas I'm a, a bit of a liberal. But one of the things is that we're not going to, we're not going to, argue we're not going to fall out we're going to love each other we're going to keep walking together and we're going to learn from one another and that's embracing so on the alpha we've got four extreme characters uh, from ends of spectrum and again they're adding to this crazy community that's made up of all sorts of people but you know it's the most beautiful community i've ever been a part of i was sharing that with a couple of people on thursday night at the end of alpha i said this is the most fun the most special the most intimate the most spiritual the most amazing church i've been a part of and i've been a part of good churches so yeah did that answer you? what was yeah, the question? question was what's been happening ben i think that was a great a great answer of what's been happening in the last year particularly com community wise of, of a faith community developing a worshiping community developing and it actually from what you've described there stuff has has really been developing starting despite all the restrictions yeah, so that's two nights a week so that's a couple. <laughs> that's four hours of our week. That is, but no, it's been great. It's been but, a lot of fun. But more besides that, and obviously from the relationships, like you say, that are so key yeah. that have been developing before that and and alongside side that as well. Oh, the other thing to share probably at this point, when I think about the church stuff, is also an Anglican pioneer called Paul Bradbury, who some people will know. He's written books and everything. He's a lovely guy. And me and him, a birthday pioneering network in Dorset, which kicked off in lockdown. So in November, we had 25 pioneers across Dorset with the Bishop of Sherborne and Baptist Regional Minister. Such a great start. And we got our next meeting next two weeks time. And that's been really exciting as well to see pioneers, pioneers really wanting to encourage and excite each other for things. So, yeah, lots of Christian community stuff going on that's no. uh, being birthed at this time. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's great. It sounds like, a, yeah, a lot of exciting things that have been happening there along, I was going to say after, after the period of listening, but I don't, I don't know whether you'd say that's finished. <laughs> I, I introduced yeah. you, I, I introduced you as a, a missional listener. And I, yeah, I'm not sure if you want to unpack that a bit more, whether that's something that you, ju you just do for a certain time, then move on to something else or... <laughs> So I would have described missional listening in the beginning as a dual listening, listening to God, what's he up to, join in, listening to the community, what's the point where I can bring the gospel. So you're listening for mission, you, you know, you're listening and then you're finding the places to connect and, and then you're, and then you're in. And, and I don't believe in that anymore, really. And I think I've decided that listening is the end game. 
So it's all about relationships. Um, it's it, everything's about relationships, and the only way you have relationships is by listening yourself into them. Yeah. So for me, listening never stops. Sometimes you have to have activity, and that's mainly because sometimes you don't naturally hear everybody's voices. So I could tell you a story of a friend of mine who I did my MA study of who um, tried to do missional listening but could never get to listen to Muslim women because every time she spoke to them, they went to get their husbands or sons. So she had to come up with a missional activity that um, she was then able to listen to the women. and uh, and But the end game was listening. It wasn't the, end, the, the activity. So, you know, we've got a cafe opening when lockdown finishes to bring the community together, a third space. That's not the outcome. It, the, the outcome will be that there's, that's another place to listen in. The end game, yeah, there's no end game. It, it's all about relationships, um, pilgrimaging together with the people that God gives you. And as you journey together, you find permission to, to speak. Either God invites you or because of the way you live your life, they ask the questions. Why are you like that? Why do you believe that? Why are you different? How have you got peace in lockdown? How are you coping with four kids homeschooling? And of course, then we get permission to give our. I'm not going to ask you that question about how you're coping with four kids. In, yeah, I'm all right. No, As no. is a the wife's age, thirty years. <laughs> you were, I wasn't. I wasn't going to bring that one up. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I appreciate what you shared. Shared that definitely, and and it's great to hear that. So I've left the mission off the title now because mission gave me a posture of wanting to achieve. Mission gave me a posture that I was here for a reason. So I just call it 360 listening now, which is by hanging around, listening to people, getting to know people, uh, the invitation comes to, to speak of Christ, to join in with what God's doing and to work with the other to make things happen but yeah so I, I tend not to use mi mission language now and instead I'm playing with the term pilgrim witness which is as we pilgrimage uh, the opportunity comes to witness to the one who is so so good oh it's brilliantly described there yes I was gonna going to to ask about that so that's that's great how how you put that there and yeah I mean along along those lines you've you mentioned there that you've been doing an MA that was last yeah that's year. done it's done yeah. it's done now well done congratulations yeah. for getting through that last year as well on top of everything else and and kind yeah. of out of out of that a few things have come I was going to ask you about the the way markers course yeah you'd, you'd like to share a bit bit more about so I just so I wanted my research question what I researched to come out of the listening so I listened to four other case studies of where people had listened for a significant time before missional activity had begun and that was really exciting and uh, and went on top of my own journey but what happened also in lockdown is I don't I, like many of us I got invited to lots of sort of national conversations on the future of church now covid and all of that was going on and what i noticed in all of these meetings with with people from the church was that they noticed all the pain and all the issues they noticed the illness the death the people not dying well the redundancies all of that but when it came to what 
was being done, it was all about keeping the old paradigm online. It was all about how do we do online services? How do we get our doors open again? You know, I'm not dissing that, but I just felt a little bit like they noticed all the issues, but weren't then answering them, but were instead going back to how do we do this thing called church? So that went on. But also in those meetings, a few different times I was asked, Ben, how do we do it differently? How, you know, when, how do you do it as a pioneer? Well, I thought, okay, that's really interesting. People are giving me the invitation to share. So to cut an extraordinary long story short, I started thinking about what were the way markers that made my transition from a senior pastor of a large Baptist church to a pioneer which I found such a difficult journey what were the way markers that I had to go through I then noticed as I wrote those that they matched the four people that I had interviewed for my MA I then phoned up and spoke to four or five other pioneers who all told me their way markers and they matched mine so what I've done is with a guy called Danny who's a Baptist pioneer in Winchester we've started to write a course called way markers for people who want to be able to minister in the new normal (laughs) or who who need to be able to minister when it's all going to be so much different the finances are going to be shorter life's going to be just so different from now on and these questions aren't to tell people a route plan these aren't you 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 don't have to be a missional listener but they're the questions that we've had to wrestle with to be able to be flexible to minister in whatever we find ourselves in so it's questions like what's the gospel what's what does it mean to be a pilgrim what's the posture of a missionary what's the spiritual framework needed and so many more but yeah so we're in the middle of designing this it's a year-long course and it's proper exciting and i know that the people i've spoken to in the baptist union the anglican church fresh expressions evangelical alliance all of those really quite excited by it so we're excited and i just need kids to go back to school so that i can write it (laughs) Instead of doing instead of doing eleven year old maths, which is too hard hard for me, it's it's going to happen. It will happen, Ben. It will. (laughs) I'm going to hold you to that. That that day will return. I know. I know that one probably seems a way off at the moment, but but so interesting, so exciting. What what you share? Yeah, way markers. I'm really excited about way markers. Yeah, I think um, my regional minister said to me, Ben, we're all pioneers now. I said, What do you mean? He said, Well, we're all having to be different. And I sat back and I thought, that's a really interesting comment because it's so obvious that not everybody is pioneering at this moment because they're wanting to go back to the old way. But actually, if we are all needing to pioneer, which means doing this thing called church differently in the new normal, then actually this course could be really helpful as a as a way of showing how some of us have been already on the painful journey from what was to what could be. Really interesting and hopefully... Uh, you know that would be really encouraging for many listeners to to hear that and give give some good food for thought and because you know whatever context we're in listening listening to you i think you know we've we've all been thrown into enormous change um over over the last year and it and it's like you say that going back to what you said earlier that uh, kind of i was going to say normality for for a pioneer to be used to change actually can you know kind of to be or to be constantly practicing change is 
is actually of, of real help during this time and can be can be of real yeah. help to the to the wider church. So I think we'll we'll look forward to hearing hearing more about that <laughs> to come. So. And, and, and we look forward, yeah, to, to to seeing seeing that that come out definitely. I think there's so much from, from what you said that will will be of, of such encouragement. It's great to hear of how much good, how much fruit, and just also the, the journey as well that you've shared that you're still continuing to be, to be on. It's it's still it's not this isn't like an update, like this is the end no. kind of thing, as you've as you've said, but actually just reflecting on on the Yeah, the big the question we're asking at the moment, which we have no answers for is I'm so sure that uh, Baptist ministers, but so many people in our churches have the gifts and the toolbox to be a real means of grace to our community when this is all done. Mm -hmm. And Ez and I at the moment are talking about how do we bring our skills of listening to the mental health crisis that's just around the corner. So we're praying about that and thinking how do we offer who we are to schools and hospitals and county councils and all these different people. But we think that there's that's the questions we're really asking at the moment is how do we how do we listen to those who are absolutely broken and asking the deepest, darkest questions at this time. So that's what that's what's next, I think. That's what's but, um, next. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what we're wrestling with at the moment. What does it look like to to listen to those who are just, you know, our nurses and our doctors are just going to be struggling with all of this. And it's not all counselling. It's not all going to be spiritual direction. It's not all going to be mentoring. But just have people to listen a safe space. Uh, who've got a toolbox of things that we can bring to to people. That's sort of what we're wrestling with at the moment. And uh, yeah come back in a year we'll see if we've done any, you know, see what god's done with that be, yeah well it's amazing just to see him one year already or all, all that he has done and from what you've shared there so yeah i'm aware of that i'm aware that we we do have to draw this to to a close there's there's so much that you've you've shared there that has been uh so great that will be there's so much encouragement and thank you so much for your time in a, it wasn't a drag, was it, Susie? Pardon? <laughs> it, it wasn't a drag. It wasn't a drag at all. It was a. It was a real privilege. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> and we do pray a blessing over you and Ez and the kids uh, going oh, forward, you. and for that day to to return of schools reopening as well. Wow. <laughs> so so bless you, men. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> At the end of each episode, we want to point you in the direction of a resource that may be helpful in your mission and adventure. So keep listening for even more inspiration. When you think of the church in the countryside, would you use words such as vibrant, innovative, essential and strategic to describe it? At Rural Ministries, we would. We're a non-denominational charity established back in 1962 with the aim of supporting and helping grow churches who are called to witness within the rural context. With nearly 60 years of experience, coupled with the dynamism of a contemporary mission agency, we want to help you. Our goal is to tackle isolation experienced by many who serve Christ within the countryside. We want to encourage missional innovation and share the hope we have in Jesus. And we also want to increase the expectation that God has not finished with the rural church. So we seek to support and network together and further resource rural congregations, their leaders, 
as well as those pioneering fresh expressions of church. We believe in investing in mission and giving people permission to fail, the opportunity to try something without unrealistic expectations of success. Despite being smaller in size and seen by many as less strategic, we believe God has yet more to do through the rural church. Indeed, our vision is to see the countryside served by a people of mission who are grace-filled, God-empowered and contextually relevant. And we'd love to work with you to help this become a reality. So if you'd like further details of our work and how we might be able to help out in your situation, please call us on 01440-788-383 and see how you could begin your own missional adventure. The Missional Adventure podcasts have been made possible through funding provided by Baptists Together. The music is from The Adventure, an original song written by Andy Flanagan and recorded by Matt Osgood. Editing of the podcast is by Emma Garner and this has been a Rivertree Limited production. Music